0: I'm a vodka martini girl. I understand that that's not maybe the most traditional of martinis, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't call myself the most traditional of girls.
1: There are certain people you meet who you just click with. My next guest is one of those people. We first met a few years ago, not in a bar or at a group dinner, but online. As a freelance writer, I got to know her without actually knowing her. But after sifting through thousands upon thousands of words she'd written, and then a few phone calls after, I soon realized that she was no longer just an anonymous internet writer, but a friend. Introducing, Victoria. All right, Victoria. Hi. How did we meet?
0: <laughs> we met. Well, what? How did we meet in on the internet? Yeah. I had to beg you to publish my content online. You didn't have to beg. I did. I don't think you did. I think I sent like four to five emails before you reached out.
1: So <laughs> how, how did you even decide that you wanted to start writing online? Okay, sure. Because that's a step that a lot of people take, and I always wonder what is inside of them that says, okay, I want to start writing online and put myself out there.
0: Um. Well, I started writing, I think, for PGP when I was 21, which is crazy. because yeah. I just turned 24.
1: And it's also crazy because based on your writing and based on your general tone and demeanor and everything I know about you now, you put out a much more older and mature vibe than someone who was 21 at the time. Thanks. I was like, oh, she's more mature at 21 than I am at 31.
0: <laughs> well, no, honestly, I started writing because I had just graduated college. I took my job a month after graduation. So I had no time, you know, to qu- sort of enjoy post-grad life mm-hmm. without a job. I went straight into a very kind of professional, serious um, industry. Mm-hmm. But I was also doing crazy things like going to bars and trying to meet guys and like trying to date. and, and Well, go- yeah, you
1: had that work-life balance that everyone tries to have like At that age. Yeah. It's really difficult.
0: I always would say, like, my corporate friends thought I was crazy, and my, like, kind of creative friends thought I was a sellout. (laughs) And that was really hard for me. Like, that cognitive dissonance is really hard, because you're like, this is the professional version of me, but I also want to be, you know, this fun, creative, like, a little bit crazy 21-year-old. Yeah. So I was looking on the internet, and the only thing I could find was... You know the is like the the ten the ten ways to live a healthy lifestyle as a post grad, mm-hmm. or you know doing yoga before work work every day saves your life, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was so not you know I was just proud of myself for getting to the office like with a blazer on, yeah. not not. You know, hungover but not so hungover that i couldn't do my job yeah and i was proud of what i was doing at my job right like i was yeah i was a responsible adult but i was also having fun and i couldn't find that on the internet and the closest thing i could find was what you were writing for pgp
1: yeah the, it that's kind of how i started sunday scaries in the first place because there was this oh how to cure your sunday scaries tutorials online and they like they were all just kind of bs they didn't right. make sense like Yes, you can do those steps, but that doesn't remedy the the real life things that you do. Planning your week ahead doesn't solve your money problems, you know? I mean, (laughs) it might help, but it doesn't actually solve anything. And so that's why I was like, you know, I kind of want to just write stuff that's way more relatable than other things.
0: Yeah, I wanted to, you know, be honest with people Mm -hmm. that I was like confused and didn't know what I was doing and I was not at all put together, but I was doing it and I was having fun doing it. Yeah. and I, you know, I was, so I was reading postgrad problems for a long time. Yeah. And, um, the, the only thing that I thought that I wanted to read was about kind of a girl in her twenties, mm-hmm. which you, there's been a ton of incredible female writers on the site, but at the time there wasn't a yeah. lot. Um, so I was just like, okay, we will give it a try.
1: Yeah. How did, so you obviously wrote anonymously. Mm-hmm. Was that driven by just work, your professional life?
0: Yes. For the most part. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think also I was afraid. I was afraid of writing. Yeah. You know, like I was afraid of putting something on the internet and calling myself a writer and trying to do that. Yeah. Um, so it was a good way, but yes, it was, it was mostly for my job. And also honestly, it let me live these, these dual lives, which I loved.
1: I kind of liked it too. Right. For the first almost two years that I wrote online, I did it anonymously And it was kind of this, like, taboo thing that I enjoyed doing that was a secret from most people. Oh, yeah. I told a select few people, but at the same time, it was this secret that I had that a ton of people knew about because a bunch of people read my things, but only certain people close to me knew that I was actually doing it. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a vice for me, almost.
0: Yeah, it was like, I was addicted. Like I'd I'd be coming home on the Metro and secretly be like writing, writing about, you know, whatever I'd done the night before, but nobody knew. I had a boyfriend that I didn't tell I wrote. I'm not getting for six months.
1: I I would keep a list of topics that I wanted to write about all the time. And it was like, it was the most productive list I've ever had. I was just like, yeah, this is, I want to write about this, 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 this. Yeah. It is almost like a drug. Yeah. Um, what do you think about having an online anonymity? Like, is it a vice or more of a necessity? Or at the end of the day, what does it feel like to actually do it? I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, it's kind of scary sometimes to yeah, put yourself out there, even if it's anonymous.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of great things about the anonymity, you know, especially like you can have your professional career and you can do that. And then you can also like kind of scratch that creative itch. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing, if you're anonymous, is, and we've talked about this, is you really have to be genuine. Yeah. Like, you cannot use it as a a mask or, like, a a way to say things that you wouldn't otherwise say. Yes. And I think that people connected to my writing, regardless of the fact that I didn't put my real name on it, because I was very honest otherwise. Like, if you knew me and you read the writing, you would know immediately that it was me. I was talking about you know, all the ways that I fucked up, all the questions I had. And, you know, sometimes the readers were extremely opinionated about decisions I would make, but I was determined to be honest otherwise. And I think that helps. I don't think you can just have, um, you know, uh, uh, be anonymous on the internet and just write a bunch of bullshit and have people connect with it. I don't think that's how it works. There's almost a
1: difference between being anonymous as the content producer and then being anonymous as the commenter or person digesting the content. Yeah. Where... I feel like most anonymous writers just want to get things off their chest, be very real and upfront, honest, and then some of the like commenters and things like that would rather just get a rise out of people. Yeah. And so, yeah, you have to kind of have that balance of just being as upfront and honest as you possibly can. Because otherwise, what's the point of being anonymous anyway? It's yeah. just kind of this pointless endeavor.
0: Although I don't know if you dealt with this, like the further that I got in, the more anxiety I had about disappointing people with who I actually was. Did that ever happen? So like, for example, I've met a few readers in real life Mm -hmm. and I I once went on a date with a reader, which was like a fun (laughs) Valentine's (laughs) day thing. And, um, I always, I was always like very afraid that I wouldn't live up to the, to the image that people had in their heads.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was absolutely, uh, Like when you,
0: when you, you know, decided to attach your name to your Mm -hmm. writing, were you scared about that aspect of disappointing people? I was
1: not scared of disappointing people. I was scared of people um, who I knew finding out and them not liking it. Like I was afraid of just people not being impressed with my writing, even though, I mean, I... I don't expect people to be impressed, but it was just nerve wracking. Right. And I think that when I actually went with my real name, there was this kind of washed away fear of everything. It was like, okay, now it's just me. Right. This is what I'm doing now and everyone knows it. Yeah. Uh, But there were like the kind of bad things, you know, going from Sunday Scaries to Will to Freeze, I lost Twitter followers because people are like, who's this guy? They oh. saw it as a brand for so long. Whereas when I went to my real name, they were like, oh, I don't want to follow this random dude. I want to follow this brand. Yeah. And so that was kind of, I don't know. It, it wasn't deflating because I understood it. I expected that to happen. But at the same time, it was like, you know, kind of a reality check a little bit. And yeah, I don't know.
0: I think when you're your own person, you can develop more of like a robust brand. Like the issue that I had with um, writing anonymously and, and the brand, if you will, that I had was that I was, I wrote about dating and I yeah. wrote about relationships. Mm-hmm. And I also like wanted to write about other things, but it's a bit more, um, you pigeonhole yourself a bit more, yeah. I think. Whereas if I was to write under my real name, I would, I think have more freedom to write about, like, I would love to continue the series where I interviewed, um, people on what they did. Yeah. I did you, I interviewed you. Yeah. That's kind of how we, I feel like that's, how we connected. I feel like that's the
1: first time we talked on the phone. Like we t- I remember talking to you on the phone and then the, the interview ended and we talked for like 45 extra minutes.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: What what was going on a date with somebody that you met on <laughs> online like? Because we've I mean everyone's had dates from Bumble and things like yeah. that. But when somebody already has this preconceived notion of you from reading your writing, yeah. they're not just reading a bio on Bumble. They're reading thousands of words that you have written
0: yeah so okay so in my nascent stages of of internet writing um i was just surprised that like six people read what i was writing Mm -hmm. like i thought it would be like you and my mom reading what (laughs) i was writing so then when people were reading it it was just it was kind of overwhelming and very exciting and so i went I went on a few dates, and this is also when I was really an advocate for speed dating, mm-hmm. which I <laughs> have since maybe shifted from. But I was going on a lot of dates, and I was a big advocate of Bumble and, and the dating apps, and you know just getting out there. Yeah. Um, and so I went went out with a few readers, and the the issue was that they knew everything about me. Yeah. Like the, you know they would be like oh how did that thing that thing go that you know very personal thing that you wrote about, and I'd be like oh you know where are you from? Like the, mm-hmm. the dichotomy between what they knew about me versus what I knew about them was was Yeah, a lot. that's
1: an interesting relationship. It's, yeah. 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 Well how, the one thing I remember when I read your writing for the first time was that I I looked at your writing and I looked at your voice and I thought that it was very relatable mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And I think that's why so many people enjoyed your writing and had a connection with you. And do you think that's just because you are personable or do you think it's I mean it was just like right off the bat I understood it and I was like oh she's good
0: I think and my sister is sitting in the studio I think she can attest to this as well my dad made us journal my whole life and I sometimes will go back and read my writing and I'm like oh my god this is just a journal entry yeah um but I yeah I think look Everyone, or not everyone, a lot of people in their 20s have these same kind of questions, right? It's like, what am I doing? You know, I'm pretending to have it all together. I don't. And so, honestly, what I decided to do is just be, like, incredibly honest about how uncomfortable I was in my own skin all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think people, and I also, you know, talked about things like dating and and going out and drinking and all that, which Mm -hmm. is relatable in your 20s
1: yeah oh absolutely i mean yeah because the the second i started reading you i i was very impressed with pretty much everything you were doing um and the more you wrote the more you could see it in the comments section of people just being huge fans of you despite not knowing who you were um would did that set up any kind of pressure for you when you would be workshopping new columns or new ideas
0: i I became I, I wanted to write a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that a lot of the writers on the site would will say, like I wanted to give people content. Mm-hmm. And so I had to be careful that I wasn't just writing something because I wanted to put something out there. Like I wanted to just kind of word vomit something. Um and because I almost felt like like I I owned owed the the readership content. Um which which was just a little bit stressful. But honestly the the, the readers of the site were so incredible. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the reason I kept writing, quite frankly.
1: It's encouraging to get it is. comments, and even negative comments are kind of fueling okay. in a way because you can, you, if you take it the right way and have a thick skin, it makes you want to be better, okay. and write better. You
0: get that thick skin so fast, though. I, the first time I got really annihilated in the comments, I think I called you. I think I was like a, a, a literal mess. <laughs> Because it's all this sudden you're sharing all of yourself yeah. you know, to the world and then, and then people annihilate every single part of your entire being. Yeah. And you're like, wow, oh my God.
1: Well, it's hard to complain about getting, from my perspective as somebody who's been kind of working in this online realm for so long now, mm-hmm. it's hard to complain about anything I do because it's a great job. It's a great gig. It's mm-hmm. a great life to live. But at the same time, it's the only job that I can think of besides like being a professional athlete or something Mm -hmm. where you get direct feedback from people that are taking in what you're doing and it can be really bad. Yeah. And like if you mess up, everyone's going to point it out to you. Yeah. And everyone gives you crap, whatever. Yeah. It's stressful. And it it becomes sometimes if if you let it get to you too much, it's debilitating in a way and you can't get away from it.
0: Yeah, just you tell let the haters get you down. I think that was my ultimate mm-hmm. thing. You know, I was yeah. just kind of like, look, this is what it is. I'm going to do what I, th- I'm going to be honest and, mm-hmm. and, you know, go ahead and serve I, up whatever. <laughs> honesty
1: is the best policy when yeah. you're doing something yeah. online at all times.
0: Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. When I met you in person for the first time, mm-hmm. well, I guess when we talked on the phone for the first time, I, I think I had a different image of, of you in my head. Yeah. Um, and then we talked and I got to know you more and we became friends in real life. Um, did the same thing happen for me? Like, did you have a kind of a perception of who I was before we met?
1: I had a perception of you and I feel like it was fulfilled when I met you. Mm. It like all seemed to make sense. And it was this kind of, because I, I, as I said earlier, you were super relatable in your writing and then we talked on the phone and I was like, she's super easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of made sense that you were who you were. And I followed you on Instagram, on your personal Instagram, right. which we will not give out. But <laughs> uh, your stories were not very, <laughs> your stories were very entertaining and kind of funny. And so when I first talked to you, I was like, this all makes sense. Right, like it, right. there is a, uh, I mean, there's this overlying like congruence of everything that makes total sense yeah. to me.
0: You were far less intimidating than I anticipated. Well, most I, people
1: are taken back by my voice. They're like, "Oh, your voice is so higher seductive. than uh, no, they're like, it's higher than I thought it would be. It's more nasally or something." <laughs> Which I'm fine with. That's my voice. But um, But you
0: have podcasts. I know. You mean before they heard Well, the that podcast? was before the podcast. Okay. So that's
1: just reading the writing and things like okay. that. Um,
0: your beard is thicker in real life.
1: Yeah, it's a big beard. It is a big beard. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird having all these like <laughs> I mean, I, cause I, 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 did an episode on how I met my girlfriend Yeah. and so you, you can even FaceTime with somebody, but you never know what they're going to actually be like until you see them and like hug them for the first time yeah. or just st- sit across the table from them and have a drink or something. Yeah. You just don't know what it feels like, but at the same time you have this like preconceived connection with them that you almost have to let go of a little bit when you actually sit down and meet them. Right. So... I don't know. I I had that with you. I know that yeah, you had told me that it was a little different with me.
0: I was I was intimidated by the entire postgrad problems world. So just meeting you, I was a little bit starstruck. Well, but you were also so relatable compared to well, what I honestly what I expected.
1: With post grad problems, there's a difference between that and Sunday Scaries. I think there's an overlap, but when it comes to the audiences, their audiences aren't completely similar. Yeah, um, agreed. There's a, more of a cubicle warrior mentality on post-grad problems where I try to think of Sunday Scaries as being more of a weekend mentality. Yeah. And doing this podcast and, and every all the content with it, it kind of gives me the creative outlet that uh, I don't necessarily get with PGP because I don't write certain things because I'm like, oh, that doesn't really fit the voice. Yeah. Um, And so it's just kind of an interesting...
0: You give difference. off a weekend vibe.
1: Yeah, I, I like giving off a weekend vibe. Yeah. I appreciate that. Weekend will. Um, you, one of the things I liked a lot about you and your writing originally was that you enjoy martinis. Oh. How do you, how do you take your Teenie martini? Time. Dirty. Mm-hmm.
0: Dry. Mm-hmm. Splash of vermouth. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say extra dry because I'm not a snob. I take <laughs> it dry. I am um, a vodka martini girl. I understand that that's not maybe the most traditional of martinis, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself the most traditional of girls. You know, well, I like to – I think it's a lifestyle. I think – okay, so this is why I love martinis. Because I moved home after college, mm-hmm. and I had my job, and I would take the Metro home, and I would write my articles on the Metro. And then my dad would text me and say, do you want a martini? And I don't even know why he texted me because my answer every time was yes. Yeah. And so I would arrive home and my dad would have a martini for me and him and I would drink martinis. And it became teeny time, which is a lifestyle. So every day after work – okay, maybe not every day. Most days after work, I kick off my shoes and I swing open my door and I say, honey, I'm home to nobody. Nobody's there. (laughs) And I make a martini.
1: I go in and out of martini phases. And it's usually because I – Start drinking martinis. Yeah. And then I go too far in the martini game and mm. then I crash and burn.
0: They'll get you. Yeah. I, okay. So I do. They keep
1: you honest. <laughs> and that's what I like about them.
0: I do usually. I will do only one during the week. Mm-hmm. I think getting drunk during the week is reserved exclusively for matters of the heart. Like if you're <laughs> breaking up with someone or you're falling in love or. I don't know, a baby has just been born and your heart is like swelling for whatever reason, Uh you're allowed to get drunk during the week. Absolutely. I think otherwise it probably is not the best move. So I I stick to one martini at night or two glasses of champagne.
1: I'm fully on board with that sentiment. Right. I had two martinis recently and... I woke up with a slight headache the next day. Yeah. And I I had no reason to have them other than I had one. I said, you know what? That was really good. I'm going to make another one. I know. Well, then they I go down fast. The, yeah. Then I woke up the next morning. and I was like, oh. Yeah. I take my martinis very similar to you. Okay. Um, I'm currently, as someone who just moved into a new apartment, I'm currently shaking my martinis in a cup. metal metal cup <laughs> yeah. with a cover on it. So it's kind of embarrassing.
0: Do you do vodka? I do vodka. What kind of vodka?
1: Uh... I honestly do Tito's.
0: I do Tito's too. We're p- a Tito's family.
1: Yeah. It, p- some people don't approve of Tito's as like your vodka I know. for martinis, but it's really good and reasonably
0: priced. I discovered an Icelandic vodka. Mm-hmm. I took a picture of it because I wanted to tell you. It's called Reka. Okay. R-E-Y-K-A. Okay. It's a little more expensive than Tito's, but um, it's Icelandic, which I take to mean that it's distilled with a icelandic distilling process which i couldn't tell you about but 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 let me tell you it is it is good
1: as someone who knows very little about iceland Isn't it I'm, I'm on board with iceland
0: right yeah. i think they have little ice in iceland yes which is i was initially going to say it's like distilled through icicles but <laughs> i i retracted that i think it's head. fairly
1: green but i mean i'm i've seen photos on like instagram from people going to iceland and it, it looks yeah. still wintry okay either way I'm so on board
0: so next time I come over well I guess we're in the studio I would like to drink a martini
1: we can do that okay maybe not at 11 30 in the morning but I was we this can close to
0: bringing time. mimosas over and the only reason I didn't is because I'm really hungover
1: that's understandable I'm, I'm glad you're hungover for this
0: yeah no it's fun can we're I ask you tonight? some
1: Sunday hungover questions yes okay what's the scariest Sunday you've ever had
0: okay I was talking about this with my sister. Recently, I went out with my colleagues and we had fun. Mm-hmm. I woke up in the morning with a hangover like I have never experienced. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 24 now, so I can't really, you know, go out like I used to. Mm-hmm.
1: It only gets worse. I
0: know. It's tragic. Um, and I didn't eat all day. Went to ramen with my friend. And out of my pocket, I pulled a pepperoni Ooh. from the pizza that I had drunk Ooh. ate the night before
1: that's not a good feeling no.
0: <laughs> it was actually out of this jacket so if you could smell a <laughs> light whiff of pepperoni that was my most recent sunday Scaries. like i don't think you should be pulling top pizza toppings out of your jacket as a 24 year old no
1: i don't think so either no so it's okay though i didn't eat it we all make mistakes
0: i, I put it in the trash <laughs> i slipped it into my coworker's ramen
1: <laughs> oh that no, I, I mean that, there's worse things to do there, yeah. people could put anything in ramen i wouldn't really know what was in <laughs> yeah, i'd eat not. it yeah yeah. Uh, how do you normally spend your ideal Sunday?
0: Um, so I I'm like a self guilt, self imposed guilt person. Like I I think that I should be out of bed by, you know, seven a.m. on a Sunday to get things done. Mm-hmm. However, I just recently started a romantic relationship. Yes.
1: That'll change things.
0: Yeah. Um, and he is very into staying in bed. Okay. So it's. So i'm I've become a lay in bed on Sundays type of girl, mm-hmm. and I'm leaning in. yeah it's it's a lifestyle.
1: I also am dating somebody who enjoys spending all of their time in, in bed. bed on Sundays. And so it's I have to like motivate.
0: yeah, except for he won't let me eat snacks in bed. and I think eating snacks in bed is an, a luxury all adults should revel in. Like I'm talking chips. nope, yep. nope. <laughs> No food that crumbs
1: is allowed in the bed. No. That is a hard rule for me. I eat only
0: crummy food in my bed. No. Muffin tops. Nope. There are very few foods
1: that I will allow in the bed. And anything with crumbs is a hard no. So
0: my boyfriend won't do that either. But I recently got him to drink a glass of champagne and eat Cheetos in bed.
1: Oh, no. Cheetos is a bottom three food to eat in bed. (laughs) As a, somebody who just bought a white comforter, I cannot even fa- if I go to sleep hot with che- hot Cheeto dust on my bed, I will go nuts.
0: I just think you know what? I'm an adult, and I'm going to eat whatever I want in my bed. I don't hate that. You take that sound bite and you do with it. That's understandable. You want. <laughs> um, I do have something that I want to tell you. It's okay. Um, I think that I am out on athleisure.
1: I am trending that way really yes it's so uh if i'm not sure if she ever even wrote this but if you follow man repeller oh do i amelia who she she, just left she just left man repeller but she wrote a column and i think she wrote it she at least posted about it on her instagram that it 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 might be causing problems in people's lives going forward like you're not used to wearing normal clothes oh did she that's what i'm finding now
0: she's one of my favorite writers by the way she's great um Yes. I, I agree. So I don't like to wake up and put on athleisure anymore. I want to put on some
1: jeans. See, on Sunday, I have to. No. I have to put on athleisure.
0: It makes me a lesser human. If I'm going to work out, I'm going to throw on my, my workout clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go work out. If I'm, if I'm not doing that, I think that I have to put on adult clothes.
1: I think there's something to be said about motivating. It, it's more motivating to put on a normal outfit than it is to put on a pair of joggers or whatever.
0: Yeah, although I am into pajama sets.
1: See, I I can't wear pajamas. They're too <laughs> hot at night for me. I'm a I'm a very I sleep hot, so I need to <laughs> I need to not have very much on my person.
0: I, I agree. I don't know about wearing pajama sets in bed. Yeah. I think after bed. Yeah, I think you get up and you put on your pajama set. I, I approve of that
1: while you make coffee and yeah. do things like that.
0: Yeah, you do your pour over.
1: Okay, you said that you eat food in bed. Which is fine for you. Everyone does their own thing. If I opened your refrigerator right now, what would I see in your refrigerator?
0: Okay, so I knew this question was coming. Mm-hmm. So I it's one my of my favorite questions to base one. off of people. I texted my roommate. There is currently a jar of olives, okay. which one would expect.
1: That makes total sense.
0: A hunk of Gouda.
1: Still makes sense. Yep.
0: Dark chocolate.
1: This is a good fridge so far.
0: Yeah. Um, a plethora of dips. Dips. I love to have dips in case you have a surprise guest. Yeah? Because look, someone comes into your house and you offer them a dip, they're immediately going to feel like you're you're an adult and that you love them. Yeah. Like if I offered you a spinach dip right now, oh my god. Yeah. I'd
1: yeah. be I'd be I would indulge in a spinach dip.
0: Yeah, Trader Joe's. <laughs> yes. A hot spinach dip. Do you like it warm?
1: Um, I prefer cold dips. I'm a cold <laughs> food person. I enjoy like cold sandwiches, yeah. cold everything, especially on on Sundays, I prefer more cold, okay. unless it's ramen or pho or something okay. like that.
0: So we're going to have a bunch of dips. Um, there was another thing. It was gouda, dark chocolate, dips, and Gatorade.
1: That's See, this is a great fridge. Which is
0: big. And yeah. that's it, though. Yeah. And, and some onions that are going bad.
1: Yeah. There's always the vegetables that go bad. The, Do you know the vegetable drawer might as well just be a trash can yeah. at this point.
0: It's disgusting. I, I've been doing slicing pieces of Gouda and putting it on top of dark chocolate.
1: That is a move. You should try it. I, I'll, try, I'll try pretty much any food.
0: Okay. Next time you have a martini, give okay. it a
1: while. I, went on, I was home for Christmas this past week, and I came home, and I thought about how we were going to have this conversation. I was like, I need to look in my fridge and see what our fridge looks like because I haven't been there for a week. Okay. What I found was expired vegetables, mm. random ciders... We we've been going through a cider phase. And Sally so I, likes ciders, right? Yep. And so I found a bunch of random ciders, mm-hmm. and uh, just a bunch of Popeye's leftovers. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we have in our fridge right now. What's okay. your ultimate hangover cure?
0: Oh no. See, I'm inclined to not eat, mm-hmm. but every time I learn that that is not the way to do it. So I, I think some sort of biscuit.
1: Does eating make you feel worse?
0: The thought of eating makes me feel bad. The act of eating makes me feel good. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing about me. I think that everyone that's listening should know I have an incredibly strong stomach. Okay. I can't think of the last time that I threw up. Yeah. So it's not really a concern in that regard. Like I'm not worried about losing my lunch because that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's more about like, okay, how do I make myself feel? And I think carbs are the way to go. I agree with you. I used to work out, but mm-hmm. everyone knows that that's a fallacy.
1: <laughs> I I think I have a very similar hungover regimen to you. Yeah, I don't like eating. Eating actually sometimes makes me feel worse if I eat too much. But I'm very, uh, I am very I avoid eating on Sundays more than I indulge.
0: Okay. See, so- I haven't eaten yet, and it is. 11.56.
1: I have also not eaten yet. All I've had is coffee.
0: Okay. Is that why you're a little jittery or is that the, the cocaine? No,
1: I think, I, yeah, that's that. <laughs> I think it's because I didn't, I, I got in late last night. I didn't sleep. So I'm just kind of like, oh my God. Wired. Yeah. You flew
0: in from Michigan.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Hey, you go to LA quite a bit.
1: No, I've only been once. Oh. Well, I've been numerous hey, times in my life. Hey, you went to LA once. I went last year.
0: Yeah. Did you? So you, I was looking at your pictures. You were, were right where I grew up. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. I love LA.
0: Yeah. Except you went to the, the bungalow, yeah, which is an interesting which, choice. Well,
1: we went for the scene. Right. We went, okay. We went as a bachelor party knowing the scene that we were going to go into. Okay. And we actually, I think we did it in the least douchey way possible. Okay. I hope we did at least. Okay. We left before it really started popping off.
0: Yeah, that's the way to do it. You got to get out before the, the youths get in.
1: Yeah. We we were like first in, first out.
0: Do you, I need to bring this up before we finish okay. because I know that we've been talking for a while. It's Okay. Every time I your Sunday Scaries podcast downloads on my phone, mm-hmm. I think of the song Sunday Candy by Chance the Rapper. Yes. Do you know that song? Yes. It's such a good song. It is a good song. And it's one of my favorite songs.
1: I didn't know that it was even him the first time I heard it. It makes sense. Right. But the first time I heard it, I don't even know if I knew who he was, but I was like, oh, this is a really good song. And then yeah. I revisited the song a couple of years later, and I was like, oh, that's Chance the Rapper.
0: I know. Yeah. So... I have a story about this song. Okay. And and this is why I think of this song every time Sunday Scaries podcasts come up. Okay. When I was in college, I had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Actually, he wasn't a boyfriend. He was a boy that I liked very much. Okay. And he was a waiter, and I was a waitress. And we were dating. together. You were at the same restaurant? Yes. Okay. And I loved Sunday's candy. Mm-hmm. And I told him about Sunday candy, and then he loved Sunday candy. And so we loved it together, which, as you know, is a very fun thing Mm -hmm. when you're in a blossoming young romantic tango well it's
1: that it's that initial bond that you can always like reference yeah in times of uh yeah you know when communication isn't going strong
0: right so him and i were you know dating for a while maybe six months and then he took another waitress bowling oh yeah
1: You don't take another waitress bowling. (laughs) You don't
0: take another waitress bowling. That's not the And he'd taken me bowling. And so I thought the bowling was our thing. Yeah. And then he took, I can't remember her name, but I hope she hears this. He took another waitress bowling. And in that moment, I knew that my heart was broken and I could never listen to Sunday Candy the same way.
1: Well, I'm sorry that the podcast reminds you
0: of it. But now I've gotten over it and now I can listen to it again. Okay. But I think the moral of the story is never give a boy who ruins your favorite song a second chance.
1: I almost think the moral of the story might be never go bowling with somebody
0: (laughs) i actually hate bowling
1: i don't like bowling either it is the worst sport i'm not the worst bowler i'm actually a decent bowler but i don't like bowling
0: every time someone's like let's go bowling i'm like can we please do anything besides bowling i will paint your house
1: i'm gonna revise what i just said okay i think i might actually like bowling Mm -mm. i don't like bowling alleys
0: you don't like the vibe bowling
1: alleys give me a vibe of like i might just get beat up at any point <laughs> like i put out the vibe of a guy who would definitely get beat up at a bowling alley, <laughs> and so that's what i don't like about it
0: although i feel like the shoes are kind of your aesthetic they're like, so uncomfortable like think of a dope photo kind of gross those. too they are kind
1: of gross uh, ugh, ugh. i'm what not a germaphobe you, by any means but what would you rather do
0: get wear bowling shoes for an entire game without socks mm-hmm or get hit in the stomach, Like have someone swing a bowling ball into your stomach. Or date the bowling ball attendant oh, for an entire year.
1: I think I would... A year? Oh, the no. The one that
0: rents you the shoes. I, th-
1: I think I would... I think I would have to... See, I have, a we- I have a weak stomach in the sense that I always have an upset stomach. Mm. But my stomach... I don't... I, like you, I don't throw up. Mm-hmm. It's not something I do. i have an upset stomach so i can't get hit in the stomach i have a weak stomach so i have to throw up i have to wear the shoes and then like soak my feet in bleach after or something (laughs) that's that's all i can do
0: oh bleach i love bleach
1: oh yeah it's the best
0: it's a great cleaning product
1: well this has been fun i'm glad (laughs) we did this i'm glad we caught up when you were in austin yeah do you have any parting words
0: um a big shout out to austin yeah I'm looking for a job out here. It's a great city. So if anyone's interested in hiring me as a, um, ooh, I don't have that many skills. Just, well,
1: if someone's looking to hire somebody, where <laughs> can, where can they DM you to to hire you?
0: That's a great question. They can DM me at it was Victoria on Instagram. I'm gonna double check that really <laughs> quick. I haven't been on my branding game. Yeah, it was Victoria on Instagram, and call me Victoria on Twitter. There you go. Are you going to edit ad reads into this? No. Oh. It's my dream to do an ad read.
1: I'm sorry. I don't have any ad reads this week. Ugh. I know. The new year kind of shuffled everyone's schedule. So this is an ad-free podcast.
0: All I want to do is like pedal toothbrushes.
1: It's great. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I got to do an ad read recently off the cuff and I had a, I had a blast doing it.
0: I loved I love hearing you when you like her. You're like speaking of whiteboards.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite things in the world is doing segues to ad reads. It's the best.
0: Okay, next time you have a really good ad read, can I do it? Yeah, I'll we can, do it from we can my set that home up. studio. Yeah,
1: we can set that up. Okay, great. Perfect. Well, thank
0: you so much for having me. It's been thank a you for coming on. All right, talk to you soon. All
1: right. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a hungover friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday. You can also follow along on Twitter, which is at Sunday Scaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.scaries. Or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.